0: My name is Ali. I'm a doctor
1: and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer and you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity and the human condition.
0: Hello and welcome back to Not Overthinking. It's the new year. Taymor, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty
1: great, man. I think the year's off to a good start. We haven't done the pod for, I think, two weeks, right? Here's the thing. You were skiing last week, which we'll talk about in a sec. And then the week prior... Didn't we, didn't we do it the week prior? I feel like we have missed two weeks. Yeah, we didn't do it like the week prior with Christmas and breaks and holidays and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure our audience will forgive us for, for missing. Yeah. So sorry sorry for the inconsistency. I feel like we're in a good thing now where essentially we have like a really low
0: friction setup. Yeah, filming on the iPhone. Yep. We've got these handheld microphones which stay in this flat at all times. Yeah. So whenever Tame comes to visit, we're just like, should we do a pod? And normally Tame was like, no, I don't want
1: to do it. <sighs> and I'm like... got to do it so here we are yep yeah i think my new is off to a good start i probably got back into the gym this week i've really started watching my diet like i'm tracking my calories on my fitness pal whoa i'm like force feeding myself like even when i don't want to eat and i'm just like eating you know all that stuff like what's what's your goal here i'd like to put on a bit more mass i'm i'm i've just hovered at around like 72 kg for like i don't know most of my adult life maybe like for like yeah since graduating or something why do you want to put on more mass I think aesthetic reasons. Yeah, I think like aesthetic reasons for whom? Sorry, aesthetic reasons for whom? For me and for other people. Okay, here's the thing. All right, let me. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it real. I think as a man in society, you are taken a lot more seriously if you are well built than if you are skinny. And I think my natural body type is on the skinny end of things. And I used to be, I used to be more skinny like i think i'm i think like i'm okay now i'm still like i'm still like I, I wouldn't say i'm like skinny but like i do remember like before i started going to the gym like at all or before i used to do any kind of working out there was there was a, a marked difference going from like before to after i started like working out a little bit in terms of how people treated you yes i'm skeptical
0: about this really can you give me any examples in which you in, you, in which you feel like in any situations in your actual life where you feel someone would have treated you differently had you been a little bit more hench,
1: it's look, it's obviously you don't actually have the counterfactual. I think it's no, it's sure. more of a, it's more of a general vibe, but I don't think I'm like I don't think it's in my head. Okay, but let let's say you are kind of twice as skinny
0: as you currently are. Yeah. Um, given the given the stuff that you do, do you think anyone would actually care? Do you think like when you're on a Zoom sales call with some like FPNA person across the world? they're going to be like, oh, hello, you know, this guy's a bit skinny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Over, I agree over Zoom. It doesn't really make too much difference. Okay. But if you're kind of meeting investors in person. Dude, I'm not, I'm not thinking about? just from like the work context. I'm just thinking like, yeah, just day to day interactions as a man. If, for example, you have a deep voice rather than a higher pitch voice and you are well built rather than, you know, like really skinny or really overweight. People just, assume that they take you more seriously right if you're taller rather than shorter yes you're better looking rather than less good looking
0: yes okay so these are all the things that on that spectrum of like you want people to have that subconscious
1: thingy of quote taking you more seriously for sure i do think it's a thing are you really denying this i would have thought this is something you'd be like yeah dude like 100 percent this is such a thing i think you're telling me people don't judge people by their appearances of course they do okay what i'm saying is that in your specific
0: case you gaining gaining five kilograms of mass mm-hmm. is going to make not one iota of difference to the way that anyone in your life treats you i think if you're going from an extreme to the middle ground then by all
1: means okay you agree there is a starting so you just think i'm past the threshold where it matters correct okay look i think i'm probably past the threshold i think I, I, it's, and, and, and in particular it was that thing that
0: you said where i'm tracking my calories and i'm kind of forcing myself to eat even when even when i don't feel like it because i want to gain some mass mm. that is you know a lot of people will say there's, there's a pretty unhealthy relationship with food Generally, our bodies are pretty good at moderating the amount of food that we need and setting us to a reasonable base point. your yeah, so my body's
1: pretty good at hovering around 72 kg. So
0: you're, you're at 72 kg. It's pretty reasonable. Not one person in your work or social life would realistically actually treat you differently. If you were 74 or 75 or 78 kg rather than 72, if you were sort of 82 kg and super ripped and stuff, and you, you know, took off a hoodie and people saw six pack abs or something, some people might be like, Oh bro, you've been working out. Yeah. But beyond, beyond that and beyond a few comments on the podcast being like, Oh, Tame's biceps looking good. It's, it's, it seems to me that you're, you're beyond the point where it matters. And if you're actually, you know, doing this thing, like, you know, this terminology of I'm, I'm forcing myself to eat so that i can put on this mask I, w- I would really question to what end
1: i think i mean i think they're all okay like granted i doubt like i doubt people would treat me differently like in my day-to-day life but there all, there is also just like some personal aesthetic preference there oh sure i agree Th- that wasn't your initial <laughs> in no initial- the first reason i said was the aesthetic preference and then i also wanted to keep it real and and say that like okay, okay. okay. fine so i mean I, I i think both factors are at play so you ha-
0: so you have a personal aesthetic preference for looking a bit more hench yeah i mean i think that's very reasonable like for dudes all clothing looks better on you when you're a little bit more hench but if for, if for example you wear a hoodie like no one would be able to tell whether i'm a 70 kg
1: or 65 kg or 85 kg in this particular hoodie i don't know i think they probably would mate they definitely would mate okay look i agree i agree like if if we're if we're talking like tangibly yeah like what's gonna change i agree not much will change hmm
0: i'm all i'm all i'm all for you doing this for yourself because you want to build healthy habits you want to you you want a body that looks nice for your own personal aesthetic i would just all i'm doing is questioning your assumption that it would actually change the way that other people treat you because you are beyond the point where that's going to make any difference to your life if you're an actor sure if you're a model sure if you're a freaking fpna salesman for a b2b SaaS tool like mm. (laughs) you've got
1: a girlfriend already like bro come on (laughs) hmm Okay, let me try and come up with. this Okay, so I do think the personal aesthetic preference is there, and like I think that matters, right? Like, I agree. Yeah, I'm not, not and that, yeah, I think that matters. The okay, let me. I'm sure there. Were, I'm sure I can come up with a situation. All right, here's the situation. You're walking down the street. It's getting dark. A man approaches you, who's considering mugging you. Sure. What's going through his mind is, could I take him? Yeah. <laughs> right. Great. Yeah. And what's going through your mind is also. <laughs> Could I take him? <laughs> oh, that's this really, That was this really like funny TikTok or something. of like, um like two, two like dudes walking past each other and it's like captured like, <laughs> what dudes think when they walk past each other. And as they walk past each other, they're, they're like really friendly. They're just like, Hey man, Hey man. And then as, as, as they like walk past each other and then, then it sort of voices the internal monologue and he goes to one person and he's like, yeah, I could take him. <laughs> and he goes to the other person and the guy's like, yeah, I could take him. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, anyway, that's a, that's, a, that's a tangent. Look, I think it... Look, okay, I said personal aesthetic preference. Yeah, agreed. It affords you some
0: marginal extra level of, quote, protection. If someone... If, if if 72 versus 75 kg visibly is the difference between someone deciding they could take you and therefore mugging you and deciding that they... You know, maybe it could take you and therefore deciding not to mug you because it's, it's not worth the risk okay fine look I don't okay I can't think of good
1: situations I I think I I think that one's reasonable I don't think it's a it's a it's a needle mover for look it's not a needle mover I mean the way I'm also thinking about it is like if 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 wanting to like weigh 77 kg was me committing to a life of like eating more than is comfortable and just having to do that for the rest of my life like I definitely wouldn't do that sure it feels like it's a temporary thing of like look the days you go to the gym eat some more and then you'll get up to like you'll make some gains and then it's easy to kind of keep that as like your lifestyle and hover around there
0: yeah i can i
1: can i can get on board with that yeah that seems reasonable so yeah i've had a good week because i'm back in the gym properly i've started like caring about my diet mm. and yeah yeah probably decent how are you doing how's, how's the year been you were skiing the past week we was skiing the past week. It was quite nice. We were in a Zermatt in
0: Switzerland. Initially, the plan was to go to France, but then France locked down for the UK. Really? And so we went to Switzerland instead. It was what so was, nice. What was the setup? What was the group? It was me. It was our friend James from school. Mm. It was And it was a few people that James knew from university. So one guy called Sheikh, who I had, I knew from before. Uh, he's a UCL medic. Um, there's a guy called Dan, who's a software engineer. Mm. Uh, works at a startup. Um, there's a guy called Bertie, who's an investment banker. And there's a guy called Tim, who's also a
1: medic. Mm. Solid, okay. solid group of lads. So you knew like a couple of them. I knew two of them, yeah, and I got to know three of them through the course of the trip. Nice. What yeah. was some of? Do you have any like low low optionality insights or
0: takeaways? One thing
1: that was interesting is that so
0: there was a piano in the lobby downstairs in the hotel, mm. and um there was one day towards the end where me, Tim, and Bertie we were just like couldn't be asked to ski because Bertie was injured, I was semi injured and lazy, and Tim was somewhat lazy, mm. and. Um, I started playing the piano with the chords thing and encouraging people to sing along. Mm. And initially we knew, did, did a few rounds on the piano and the people in the hut, ho- like the owner of the hotel was like, oh, this is so good. It's making me cry. Can you play Amelie? You know, someone mm. played, played a bit of Amelie, played a bit of Ein Audi. And then we started doing the singing along thing, you know, playing chords and singing along. Yeah. And Tim and Bertie hadn't really done that sort of stuff before, um, and seemed very visibly uncomfortable about it initially. Yeah. Because of the oh, that's cringe yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And then they got into it and really enjoyed it. And yeah. afterwards, Bertie said that actually, you know, that that playing the piano and singing along was really fun. I've never mm. done that before. I want to. I want to do more of that kind oh, of that's stuff. Awesome, yeah. And it kind of got me thinking that I was I was I was thinking about this around. Oh, oh I was ch- I was chatting to this about this with uh, Bobby Siegel. Uh, you know, on the on the podcast last, last week, okay. um, we about you know cringe thresholds, right? Yeah, and there are certain things. I I I think we all have a different cringe thresholds in different areas of our life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think broadly, it is a good thing to um low to increase that cringe threshold so that you find fewer things. You cringe. find fewer things cringe. Yeah, um, and I think singing in public especially like playing piano and singing in public is a very, very cringe thing that most people would, it would be beyond their cringe threshold initially, but with enough practice, you realize that actually no one cares and it's kind of nice and it's quite fun to do. Mm. And obviously I'm not advocating that, you know, singing in public is a moral good, but I'm I'm advocating that finding different areas of your life where you can in a way, systematically increase your cringe threshold so that you find fewer things cringe it's just a generally good thing to do. Yeah. Overall, encourages you to go go more outside your comfort zone. Like we talked kind of about
1: um I feel like we had a podcast oh, episode. The, the asymmetry of cringe. <laughs> the asymmetry of crit. Yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: yeah it's yeah. very easy to call something cringe, but it's not easy to get something yeah, yeah pull yeah. something back from the yeah, or something yeah. like that. And so the yeah, the cringe window is always widening. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, so that was good. Good thing on the trip. Played a few games. Uh, netgames.io is actually great. Uh, oh yeah, I know we play Avalon. On yeah, those. we played Avalon in there we we played some Enigma as well, which was which was quite fun. Hmm. Um so that was good. Overall, yeah, good vibes. Loved it. I think the thing with a ski trip is that when I'm not on a ski trip, I think, oh, I can't wait to get on a ski trip. After a day of skiing, I'm like, oh, I actually quite a fancy a break tomorrow. Mm. And it's like, I've only got five days of skiing, but oh, you know, maybe we'll have a bit of a lie in. Maybe, you know what, it's two o'clock. We could ski until four, but it's getting a bit icy. It's not really ideal. Yeah. I'd quite like to go to the hotel and
1: just, you know, just chill in the, in the jacuzzi and go to the sauna or, yeah, or, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'll tell you what the issue with skiing is the issue with skiing is the Colossal amount of faff it takes before you are actually bloody skiing, right? There's all the dressing up, there's all the like, walk, you know, getting your boots, getting your skis, like walking to the starting thing. Yeah, there's a lot going on a steal. Like, if you could just teleport to the top of a thing. Ski down and stuff, and there wasn't all the faff. Like we'd probably do more of it, right? How much of how probably. much of your issue is the faff?
0: Uh, I think actually the issue is less the faff. Um, because so so for example, let's say you know day two of skiing, it gets to two p.m. Mm. You actually could ski for another two hours, and you're at the top of the mountain already. Yeah. Or you could take the gondola all the way down and then go to the jacuzzi. Yeah. At that point, like. It's a, it's, it's a toss-up. It's a 50-50 about whether I'd okay, want to yeah, yeah. take the gondola down and just chill or yeah. actually do the skiing properly. But yeah. so I think in that context, the, I, I've, I've already done the sunk cost of booting up.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Um,
0: but it's, yeah, just, I mean, yeah. it's quite like a physically demanding thing where mm. you really feel exhausted by the end of it. But it's great because you do really feel like you've earned your lunch, yeah. Especially after the 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 trundle back to the fucking hotel, carrying the skis, the boots, like back, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One time, me and James just got a taxi. I've paid paid like ten quid, ten quid for a three three minute taxi ride to the ski lift, (laughs) and we were like, "This is so worth it." Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Um, yeah. Skiing was good. I think I think I have a similar attitude with the sort of holidays in general. I think, like for me, a good holiday is one where there is some holidaying. Yeah. some working yeah um and back in the day used to be i think i, I used to be like why why would you go on holiday too like well, why would people go to beach holidays just to read a book yeah it's quite nice to just read a book on the beach i'd love to be, yeah i'd love to just sit and read now actually yeah um whereas before i used to be like yeah adventure every single day yeah now a bit more like you know one one day on one day off yeah um i think i've I mentioned this on a podcast like maybe like 100 episodes ago but one thing that the blogger tynan says you know is the ideal setup is uh, every day you want to find two food things and one activity and that's all. Mm. So you food things being like probably lunch and dinner and an activity somewhere in the middle. And yeah. then you chill in the morning. You don't worry about it too hard. You don't have know you don't worry about it too hard. Yeah. You don't try and tick off too many things. Yeah. Off the I totally agree.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think two, two food things and one activity is great. And then I think just like the, the evening chill DMCs at night and stuff. I think that's where a lot of the value is. Hmm. Yeah, that's good vibes. Yeah, I think I'm I'm on the same page regarding like skiing duration. Like some people are like super interested and just want to like maximize time out on the slopes. I think like after um, after like a sesh, I'm very happy to like take the rest of the day off and just do do something else. Yeah, I don't. I think I've told you this story, but I don't know if I've said it on the pod. My most embarrassing moment in my life to date was on a ski trip a few years ago. Uh, it was um, it was like the it was the vastest ski trip, the sort of Oxford and Cambridge um ski trip that happens every year. And I was on it, and like you know, I've been skiing like a handful of times. We used to go with the school and stuff. Like I'm okay, you know. I can come to do red slopes. Black slopes are a bit choppy, but like I can survive. You know, I'm I'm that kind of level. And one of my friends, who uh, one of my friends from Cambridge, was also on the trip. He wasn't like part of my group. He was also on the trip, and we're like, oh yeah, let's meet up. Uh, Let's meet up and ski together for one afternoon or something. And so we we met up, and you know, we were just like grabbing lunch before heading out to the slopes, or you know. And uh, I was just kind of asking him, oh, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of, slow, you know, what kind of level are you, you know, what, what what runs do you go on, that kind of thing, just like n- normal kind of conversation, and he was like, ah, oh, you know, a bit of everything, yeah, I'm not too fussy really, and I was, I thought like, oh man, this guy must be, some, uh, he's probably just like an amateur, but he probably doesn't know what like different runs are or something, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, and then he was like what about you and I was like I was like pretty comfortable I was like yeah yeah I'm really comfortable in reds you know I can can probably I can do some blacks you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know and then (laughs) it later trans it shortly shortly after afterwards it transpired that he had been skiing like every year with his family since like the age of two he was on the like mit actual ski team where they've gone on like ski trips for a month on end just skiing and he was taking part in like the competitive university races later that day and like he was going backwards on black slopes and like (laughs) teaching (laughs) us all sorts of stuff and like (laughs) i was talking to this guy as if he'd like never been skiing before oh yeah it was so cringe <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that that doesn't sound like a huge, huh? a huge it doesn't sound like a huge deal mate no. you had to be just like okay i think just like when, when did the penny drop <laughs> sorry <laughs> when did the penny drop for you when you were like oh crap <laughs> i i i think i think i I saw how often do you go i think when he was like yeah my family and i've just been going every year since i was like really young so i was like Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dami must be pro. Yeah. And then like the the you know, the plot thickened and, and, and so on. Yeah. Um but yeah, that was just super. I mean if rich. that's the most embarrassing moment of your life, <laughs> I think we need to get you into more embarrassing situations. Yeah, maybe. Alright, look, let's go let's go on to the meat of the pot. I um I had a tweet that I would like to um, discuss. Certainly. I think I, I sent it to you a few days ago. So for us to discuss them. Ah, here we go. All right, so are you familiar with I'm guessing you're familiar with the term like blue pill red pill okay so there's a different context right there's like you know the blue pill and the red pill are i think i think it originates from the matrix um in which if you can take the blue if you take the blue pill in this in in like the setup then you can go on living your life and not seeing you know, uh, in the Matrix, they basically live in a simulation or something,
0: right? Yeah, they live in a simulation, and Morpheus says to Neo, you can, you know, if you, if you take the blue pill, you can forget that you're living in a simulation, you can live your life as a normal person, but if you take the red pill, then there's no going back. Now you know that your life is a simulation.
1: And yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So basically, the the, the the blue pill is a metaphor for just kind of bur- burying your head in the sand and being, you know, being happy in your ignorance about something. The red pill is a metaphor for like unplugging from the system, like seeing seeing reality for what it is and like seeing the hard truths. Sure. Right. Yeah. And the me- the metaphor has also been extended further by like online discourse, I guess, mainly Twitter. Um, are you familiar with like what the connotations are of being black pilled or white pilled? uh
0: black pill i've heard of in the whole like men's rights activists where my understanding of black pill my understanding of red pill is that once you once you take the red pill you realize that you live in a femme-centric society
1: and okay okay blah, yeah blah, 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 so blah. you take okay, the
0: black so. pill and you're like screw everything yeah yeah okay, or, or, okay. that's
1: that's my only understanding okay nice yeah, yeah okay so yeah. outside of the matrix context yeah like the the manosphere so like um sort of yeah the the manosphere How do you describe the manosphere? (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) I've never heard of it. (laughs) Okay, the manosphere is a net is like a a few different communities online that kind of, you know, ostensibly talk about sort of what it's like to be a man in society, and you know, encourage men to go from seventy two kg to seventy seven kg because it will make people you know (laughs) respect them more. That kind of yeah. The manosphere would probably agree with that. Um, but I think also a bunch of other people probably agree with that. But the, yeah, the, the manosphere—you know—it includes subgroups of like men's rights activists. It includes like you know the pickup artists. It includes you know people who wouldn't identify as either of those two, but just like generally, you know, just generally like spaces for men to like chat to other men about like what it's like what it's like to be a dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the right? very, and the collective issues that. Yeah, and and look, yeah. they they it often trends you know the, these in my view these uh groups often trend in a you know there are often problematic aspects um around like i think sort of unhealthy attitudes towards women and stuff like that but you know broadly in the man, you know in the, the manosphere is also like latched onto the terms blue pill and red pill where if you are if you are red pilled you you know this all right this is not this is not me saying this this is like the the general like manosphere view if you're red-pilled you see that actually men are like the heart men are like really hard done by by size societies are very like female centric in lots of different ways and um i think they sort of espouse like tradition traditional concepts of masculinity plus a bunch of other stuff uh Okay, so red pill also has connotations in the manosphere, but I'm not talking about it in that okay Alright, so we have red pill, blue pill, and then yeah, you mentioned like black black pill and white pill. So being black pilled is like being red pilled to the almost like to the extreme. Okay. Almost like to a level of like nihilism. Okay. Where you you see you see like a reality so starkly for what it is, yeah. And it's like depressing okay. and like you know, it leads to nihilism in some sense. I see. So Neo seeing the red pill in the Matrix,
0: and this is like, I want to do something about it. But he could it, had he taken the black pill, it would have been like, oh my god, yeah, life like this, simulation. this is hopeless, like There's I'm literally just, no point. Yeah. I'm just going to sit there. Yeah, and kill myself so I think the, it, the, yeah.
1: the black pill, it's like, you know, directionally red pilling, but like much further to the point of nihilism. And then and then the white pill, interestingly, is like okay. So le- okay, so here's how I'd present the white pill. I'd say like the the blue pill is just like you know ignorance is bliss naivety and you're fine you're chilling norminess and you're 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 happy with it you don't really know what's going on the red pill is like okay you've opened your eyes to the truth the black pill is like that leads you then down to the path of nihilism and despair and then the white pill is like oh actually like you see you see something positive from from the reality okay okay and so being pill okay so these are the pills right (laughs) and now the, the the um there's a lot of explaining to, to do for this tweet. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Okay. And, okay. So those, those are, the, those were the original pills. You yeah, know, the four pills. <laughs> okay. Oh. okay. And then people, people have, you know, there's something about the idea of, of pills that have made people start also sort of be, being pilled in other ways. Like, you know, I am, you know, you might it, you might say that like like if you if you're getting into meditation you might say oh bro i'm so meditation pilled now i'm, I'm like meditation pilled or like i'm you know um like I've, I've drank the kool-aid for x yeah yeah but to, it means to be, to be, i am x pilled yeah to be yeah. to be pilled about a particular thing means like you you're you're on that wagon you yeah. drank that kool-aid whatever so apple pilled bro i'm yeah I'm, I'm like right in there <laughs> i don't think anyone would say that apple pilled <laughs> okay so there, there are nuances like like um I okay. Drank the apple juice. <laughs> nice. Okay, so this person, um, I'll, I, yeah, this person basically says, and look, p- pill is like o- overused. It's kind of used ironically. It's kind of like overused just because it's funny, just yeah. to say like, <laughs> pilled, yeah. oh, I'm like, <laughs> like instead of saying like a really normal thing like, you know. I like going on walks. You're like, yeah. bro, I'm uh, like nature bro, pilled. Yeah, bro, I'm walking pill. <laughs> it's like, dude, just say you like walking, you know. Okay. Um, and and this the, in the tweet, the person is saying, I do think the concept of being pilled is legitimate there are more and more things that once you realize, once you realize them, permanently change how you experience reality. He says, "IMO, what's unique about being pilled is that it's more like a paradigm break and one where it's difficult to revisit your prior perspective. Mm -hmm. So after you're pilled about something, it's just like a complete break. You know, it kind of splits your life into a before and after. It's a complete break in how you see the world. And now you view the world like, um, yeah, in in this new way. Sweet. Uh, And so that's kind of the concept of being pilled. and what, one uh one terminology i have i have a friend called imran um imran maybe, i think maybe you know him as well um he i i think he he saw that uh i think he saw in the back of one of our podcast youtube videos that i had some like you know uh you know sort of islamic philosophy books on my shelf or something and he was and he like dimming his way saying like oh bro i saw you're reading some al-ghazali um you know i've i've been trying to get more green pill i've been trying to get more green pill these days <laughs> and uh, he came up with the term green pilled, uh as to like going down the sort of islam rabbit hole more um and, and i think that's just like so good and like i have a few other sort of you know muslim friends who are also into kind of like reading about this stuff the sort of more intellectual side of things um philosophical side of things and like ev- everyone's just like latched onto like oh green pill is such a good term like that's just so good um and so that yeah i was curious to hear like what kind of what kind of pills have you taken what are you know what what is what pill do you <laughs> Apart from being apple pilled apple pills <laughs> so so, the, so so it's basically like what are the sort of paradigm
0: shifts yeah 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 i think the, i i i th- I think the four-hour work week really pilled me mm. yeah
1: ferris pills <laughs> yeah ferris pills <laughs> um yeah. What was the pilling there? Just, you, the, just, you, you, it just shifted your goal in life towards like financial freedom. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a lot of pillaging, p- pillaging. Before <laughs> um, <Freudian> slip.
0: <laughs> where, um, one of it, uh, Oh, the, 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 the parable of the Mexican fisherman mm. Pilled yeah. me good. <laughs> oh, <mate. laughs> a Mexican fisherman. <laughs> <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> Where, yeah, post-Mexican Fisherman Pill, I kind of realized this idea of a journey before destination mm. and really started to internalize that thing of, actually, it's actually, not about... I have the good life. I have the good life. It's not about aiming for some goal that's out there. Ain't about how... how, mm. how, how, how how I go there and about what's waiting on the other side it's the climb yep. as Miley Cyrus would famously say right right I think I, I got fisherman pilled um, I think I got ferris pilled because the idea of um, you know make uh, work a job make money retire die I, <laughs> I just like hadn't really considered why that was a default script right right and post for our work week I realized oh okay interesting like yeah I mean he's got a point like why am I you know just why must, gonna, yeah, why, why must i toil yeah why must i toil for this uh, for this retirement thing or, or or whatever um and this idea of mini retirements this idea of financial freedom this idea of being act- actually able to make money while you sleep mm. genuinely changed the way that i approach life yeah, yeah, me, yeah. And, and and changed the world yeah um
1: i'll think of a few more like what's on your okay. what's on your list of, of, of what pills have i taken yeah yeah i do think i do think i was also a bit uh, i was also a mexican fisherman pilled um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that's, that's like a really fun. I'm gonna search my photos. For, you can do text searches on like Apple Photos and oh, Google it's great, Photos. Yeah. It's unbelievable, and like it, it also knows what's in pictures. Yeah, it's. I searched for like desk, and it showed me every. I was, I was, you know, we were talking about like desk setups or something like yeah. a couple of nights ago with with the lads, um, and I wanted to just like show them my. I searched for desk, and it shows me all the pictures I have on my phone of desks. Unbelievable. I, I had to, like, when we were in Switzerland, um, because they have, like,
0: uh, COVID passports and stuff. Mm. And some places, you you, you, sh- you show your NHS COVID pass, and they also ask to see your ID. Yeah. I had no idea what my ID was. So I searched Apple Photos for a driving license, and I found it. <laughs> oh, wow. It, it knew what my driving license was. I was like, whoa, mental. What are the pills have I taken? I think the elephant in the brain was a pill for me. Mm. Where pre-elephant in the brain, I just hadn't really considered this. It it, it, it was like the, the the terminology of, like, Seeking social status and stuff. Yeah. Sort of uh, un- unlocked an aspect of my brain where suddenly I could see that, oh, okay, like so much of human behavior, including my own, is aimed at acquiring social status for various, in, in various oh, okay, degrees yeah. and for various means. Um, I mean, has that changed anything? It hasn't really changed much about the way that I approach life, but it just sort of showed me, oh, okay, this is this is a thing that's going on mm. with basically everyone. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, yeah. And and then I think I think before I'd I'd sort of felt a bit like, hmm, why am I why am I doing this stuff? Like, is it attention seeking? Yeah, yeah that kind yeah. of thing. And then afterwards, I had the terminology. Oh, yeah, of course, status seeking behavior. That's fine. Mm. As long as the sort of extra things that a thing does are like good. Then yeah, it's all good.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah. I can imagine being uh that being a bit of a pill. Sorry, just quickly. There, yeah. There are some. There's like a joke format of like, on on Twitter of like, bro, you're not X pilled. You are just like something. Of like people, okay. people saying like, oh, I'm like something pilled as like a you know more dramatic way of something you know bad yes. or, You know, you're not red pilled, bro. You're 27. <laughs> 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 uh bro you're not random color pilled you're just a shitty person um yeah anyway sorry carry on uh you were thinking about pills that you've taken uh yeah pills that i've taken i think i'm fisherman pilled yeah i think i'm getting more green pilled these days so what does that like can you explain that for the uninitiated what's what's been the paradigm shift there i think the paradigm shift there has kind of been that you know i've I've always been kind of i've always been muslim born to muslim family all that kind of stuff i think a lot of time you know for a lot of like your life you can just kind of operate on autopilot um and that's not to say that you don't like believe but i guess you know i I think for, for me you know i've always been a muslim but actually probably in the last like a year or so like the consequences of that have like really sunk in where now i actually i actually feel like you know, if if I'm like reading the Quran or like reading some like analysis for the Quran or something, I think previously I would have I would have just like read it as if it's just some like archaic like old kind of text or something, and not really, not like really taking it too seriously. But now actually, the the consequences of like, whoa, this is the word of God. Okay, let's you know, <laughs> let's take it seriously. Let, let's yeah. take this seriously and like let's you know, let let let's understand what's going on here. And I think also. I think also feeling like also taking it more seriously as like a framework to like live my life and to sort of reach some kind of sort of personal spiritual enlightenment kind of thing of like really really un- sort of seeing that like whoa okay if all that stuff is true then you know I I could take this more seriously and use it as more of a framework towards living a better life whereas previously it was like I'm kind of going through the motions, doing all this stuff. But yeah, I do believe, um, but yeah, not not really taking it seriously as like a path to enlightenment, I guess. Okay. Whereas now I do, I do, I do see that as like the path to enlightenment. For me. Okay. Um, see, so yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm green pilled. I'm getting more green you are pilled. You're not green pilled. You're just. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, certainly the way I felt, I think, I think there's a couple of things I've done that have kind of given me a lot of confidence. Um, the first is learning how to code and just going through that process of like teaching yourself this thing from scratch by doing a lot of Googling. Um, I think that, I, I do think that is a, that is a bit of a pill where it just changes your mindset of like your, your mindset after that is like, yeah, I can, well, of course I can just learn anything online, like, you know. And I think going through that process, yeah, just just like I think learning to code, making stuff online, publishing stuff online, it, it yeah, I think I think it's like being like yeah. code, coding pilled is is like after after that after you do that, it's like okay, like there's I don't really think there's anything I can't learn online, and I don't think I need like yeah, I don't need to ask for people's permission to do stuff. I, th- I think I think being coding pilled has kind of done that, and then yeah. I think I think being like maths pilled from doing a maths degree. It it really I mean maybe this is just maybe I'm misguided here, but I think um, yeah I think I think if it feels it feels like after you've done that I'm not I'm not worried about oh like oh I might not be able to understand some concept or something in in some other field. Mm. Okay, yeah. So I think I think being math pilled and um, being coding pilled, it's kind of um, it's, it it le- it leads to a sort of self assuredness and like self reliance or like trust in like your ability to like yeah do, do stuff on your own yeah i agree
0: i think i th- I, th- I think there is some sort of pill that comes with putting yourself out there on the internet as well yeah um i mean like if i if i think of people i know who have put themselves out there on the internet and people who haven't like the ones who have seem to just have much more confidence and the ability to just yeah self-confidence self-assuredness taking more risks that kind of stuff mm. um I'm sure there is element element of people who are that way by default are more more li- more liable to put themselves out there on the internet. Mm. I think one of the things that the sort of uh, uh, being I don't know the internet public pill or <laughs> whatever you want to call it right. does for you is that it really makes you realize that actually no one cares, mm. and that a big part like you know one of um, like in an, in our in our YouTuber Academy when Elizabeth does sessions she she says that when she first started started on YouTube she realized that 99% of the fear wasn't hitting upload on the first video mm. and as soon as you hit the publish button 99 percent of the fear disappears yeah and she was like i wish someone had told me this mm. because i held myself back from starting a youtube channel for so long mm. because it was that fear of like oh but like oh all of the things associated with putting yourself out there online yeah whereas you do it and you realize that oh this actually isn't that bad the world hasn't ended fundamentally no one actually gives a toss yeah so like great i can just keep on doing this and and, and life is yeah bad. yeah, yeah. And I think so many of us hold ourselves back uh through these we oh yeah, I was I was talking about this to a friend, internet friend, yesterday over dinner. We um, create these like prisons for ourselves, mm. um, and I think one of the hmm, on a just fo- fo- following the thread, one of the things I've noticed in myself and other sort of creator slash entrepreneur friends is that just just like everyone else, we are very liable to create prisons in our own mind. Mm. For example. The prison of, oh, I have to publish my newsletter every Sunday. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, I have to publish these two videos a week. And, oh, I have to put out a sponsored video on time. And, oh, I have to do this because of that. And because I made this commitment to this and that. Mm. I We have to put out this, this 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 podcast every week. Otherwise, something bad will happen. Mm. And you can go through quite quite a while, like not questioning those kind of assumptions. Mm. And certainly for me, uh, a, few, a few months ago, I really tried to break down all the assumptions I had about my YouTube channel, kind of realizing that holding myself to a twice a week upload schedule just didn't make any sense anymore. Mm. I've been doing that for like two years at that point without really thinking about it. yeah. And it was causing me to sort of mm. feel a bit burned out and feel feel a bit annoyed and like that that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think there was like a, a, few, a few conversations with like coaches and mentors and stuff of recognizing that you actually can choose to do most things in your life. And there's always like an option. Mm. And if you just really think about why you're scared about doing something yeah. and examine your assumptions behind it very little that yeah, yeah yeah you can't do if you put your mind to it I sound like Molly May right now have you, you, May. oh have you, have you have you been keeping up with the controversy oh
1: okay wait so what I've <laughs> what I've heard is I, I, think, I think Molly May made some comment about we all have the same 24 hours or something yeah
0: and like you that's know, what I know if you I've walk, just seen memes if about you, it if you work hard and you, and, you, and, and you put your mind to something yeah. then anyone can do it yeah. and uh, kind kind of vibes yeah yeah uh, but said in the wrong way Who is she? what did she do uh she went on she, she was on love island and okay. then post love island uh became influencer mm. post that got a job at some big company okay sure um but is like 22 years old okay and so a 22 year old opining about how anyone can 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 succeed if they set their mind to it yeah without the appropriate level of like cloaking it in virtue signaling and acknowledgement of privilege and all that kind of stuff sure, sure. um yeah. leads to being cancelled my point was around how yeah just like questioning assumptions and recognizing that, at least for me, I'm in in control of a lot of things that I, you know, previously wouldn't have wouldn't have thought. And there is and there is always an option. Yeah, um, has been a bit of a paradigm shift.
1: Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah,
0: I like that. And I saw like I was I was chatting to an internet friend yesterday. She's she's got this big newsletter and has all these. things. I was like, you know, what does your dream business look like? And she was like, well, you know, it's kind of annoying because we have to send this newsletter out every week. I'm like, well, why do you have to send the newsletter out every week? She was like. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, you know, every Thursday sometimes, it, sometimes the article's not ready And then I have to you know, burn the midnight oil Because my team hasn't got the article ready I was like, okay, what if you just sent it on a Friday instead She was like, whoa,
1: yeah
0: I, I don't have to send it on a Thursday yeah. And it's like little things like that yeah, where yeah, yeah, It yeah. often takes someone to point it out That yeah. you actually can change mm. A circumstance that you're in yeah. um, Obviously sometimes easier said than done But So what's the pill there?
1: <laughs> I think the pill there is the What pill do you that way? you said being like creator pilled mm. <laughs> being creator pilled just made you not care about what people think so much yeah so that was the thing. but then I, you said I, like even create even even the even even the creators, even, even, <laughs> even the creators who uh, you know
0: the the quote employees would think oh my god these guys have so much autonomy
1: yeah End up, end up creating their own prisons, right? Right. Um. I don't know. I don't. I. I. don't know what sort of pill what what pill do you? Okay, but it's just what, like a new shift. Yeah. That, fair, fair play. Just, yeah. I've heard that being music theory pilled is actually a pill that makes you unhappy. <laughs> 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 do you know the? Do you know the, the like two, two people on a bus meme? No. Okay. Basically, there's two people on a bus. One person is uh, it, the bus is on like the side of a mountain. Oh, yes One person <laughs> is on the window that's looking onto the mountain wall, and they're just looking at rock, and they're unhappy about it. And one person is on like looking out onto like the landscape and they're happy about it and there's there's, there's um there's a variant of that meme where the person facing the wall <laughs> knows music theory and the person looking out which doesn't know music theory <laughs> and i've heard i've heard that like being well well versed in like in music theory is a bit of appealing because then you, you can't just like listen to, apparently you can't just like listen to music like a normal person oh i see <laughs> and it could like ruin it be <laughs> that i play the <laughs> so music theory folder um yeah,
0: I don't know. I can't think of any other sort of off the top of my head paradigm shifting pills that I've taken. Mm. I've heard that like, you know, s- self-love, self-acceptance is one of those like pilling moments Really, where uh, there's this type of meditation, uh, like loving kindness meditation that some people do. Okay. Where it's like he, you sit down for a while and you sort of sort of imagine an outpouring of love towards your closest friends and stuff. Mm. And then you and then after a while you imagine that outpouring love of love at yourself. And there's a bunch of people I know who've done this, who've sort of just like broken down crying when they realise, really? oh my god, like the way that I love my friends is also the way I can love myself. Yeah. And apparently that changes. That's like a paradigm shifting moment in someone's yeah. life where they like, oh, maybe I can be loved for who I am rather than
1: for what I do. Kind Interesting. Of well, and is it like a gradual thing, or is it like you do this thing once and it's like boom, a whole new world? I, I think I think often with people who take psychedelics, it's like they have that experience and yeah. it's like boom, yeah,
0: whole new world. A Whereas on with with meditation, it's more like a gradual process of like glimpsing the moment and then it sort of it goes it goes away again you glimpse it again a bit and yeah i don't know i'm just sort of vaguely getting into this stuff nice i'm trying to find that guy's tweet to see if people replied with interesting pills yeah if anyone's listening or watching to this i'd be interested to you know put, uh, do post in the youtube comments down below um or if you're listening to this then on on the youtube channel what sort of appealing <laughs>
1: experiences have you had in your life that would be interesting so, yeah, to see. So, yeah So this guy says that the concept of being pilled is like it can't be like a gradual thing it's like it has to be something sudden that like once you do this once you see this then you're like it, you know it. Build, building a habit of like do, of like doing something for uh, maybe like meditation pill is actually a bad example because like typically like it's a gradual habit you like force yourself to do it for like a month two months or something you kind of so you get more into it and then it becomes a thing and then maybe maybe you drop off the bandwagon at some point and you come back um this guy's saying that the concept of being pilled specifically hinges on it being sudden and instantaneous which is uh with what he's reflecting on okay so let me try and see if um, someone says systems thinking pilled. yeah I don't I don't don't get that the whole system's thinking I don't know yeah I don't know what it means to be honest Mm. yeah I can't really think of any more I'll keep pondering the question and maybe we'll bring some up next week I think some some people experience being like sort of breathing pilled where once you learn about like breathing Mm. then it's like this paradigm shift of like just being like constantly aware of this thing yeah I didn't
0: experience that after right. yeah. reading, reading the book and Doing a bunch of stuff about this. Uh, why we breathe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, why uh, we no, sleep? just There's breathe. Breath, breath, breath. breath by yeah. James Nestor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm actually interviewing a guy on the pod for the season, um, who is like the UK's biggest breath work specialist. Really? Where we're gonna like, oh. he's, he was actually a student on YouTuber Academy, in the last cohort, He's mm. got a few hundred thousand subscribers. Oh, cool. Um, his name's Mike. So he's, he and I are gonna do some
1: breathing exercises and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna I, ask him all about the breath. I, I want to get breath pilled. Like, yeah. breath by James Nestor didn't quite get me there, um, but I do want to get breath pilled. I think one. No, one thing that 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 felt like a see so the thing with the we
0: we, we I think I think with all these pilling moments is that it's 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 hard to recreate them in hindsight because once you're pilled you're like oh, yeah it's, cool just, that's just your worldview now yeah and you kind of almost forget what it was like to be at a point where you didn't have that yeah that knowledge and so like for me. I, I could say that I, I, I can remember the feeling of being pilled after reading the four hour work week. Yeah. But I really wish I'd sort of like, written yeah, what something I, about what it. I used or, to,
1: what did I aspire to before then? Yeah.
0: Who knows? Like, what did life seem like? It, it, yeah. it just, just seems so, it just now seems so freaking obvious that mm. why would you aspire to the, you know, that sort of life yeah. that I aspired to before then, or, or maybe I just, I just didn't even consider it. I think one, one book that pilled me in some, in some capacity was, uh, the righteous mind by Jonathan Haidt. Oh yeah. Where, um, so essentially breaking down what is morality mm. and like how do how do different people make moral judgments mm. and the difference between like liberals and conservatives in the making yeah. of moral judgments and stuff. So so that now it's like now that I have that terminology of like moral taste receptors and we 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 talked about this on an episode. Um I'm I'm actually rereading the po the book because nice. there's a bunch of stuff that I want to I want to revisit it so so I can really re- really think more critically about yeah about the arguments in it um, like for example the other day i you know there's this guy called uh, nick huber sweaty startup yeah, operator. yeah yeah oh nice yeah so he got canceled um yeah. by
1: yeah can we talk about this for a second
0: yeah so he got he he kind of tweeted something along the lines of i have 18 employees in the philippines paying five I, who i pay five dollars an hour they're very grateful they're very good and more people should outsource work to the philippines all, all yeah, words something. to that effect Yeah, sure. and a bunch of the kind of entrepreneur bros were like yeah you go nick yeah and keep
1: crushing it man.
0: Yeah. And a bunch of other people were like, oh my god, this is exploitation, this is bad, this is like the worst thing ever. This guy's the embodiment of evil, this guy's Satan, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, this guy ended up doubling down on it, and he was like, actually, free markets, economics, globalization, it's all good. Like, people who cry foul at this don't understand the world. Mm. Whereas other people were like, This is just completely unjust. How can you possibly justify this, this is the worst thing ever? Mm. And I think. I then <laughs> decided that I was going to tweet to understand more about this thing. So yeah. I, was, I was genuinely curious. I was like, well, what's, what's going on here? What are, the, what are the moral arguments one side or another? I think in hindsight, the way I phrased this question yeah. was, was, was probably suboptimal. So I tweeted something like uh, genuine Could question. I find it. Did you delete the tweet? I deleted the tweet in the end. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Um, genuine question. Why do, why do people think it, that paying someone in the Philippines, $5 an hour is a bad thing with a big B and big D a uh, big T. Uh, I was forty-seven. <laughs> um, and again, a bunch of people in the, in the replies were like, um, you know, well, the, the replies were quite reasonable.
1: Okay. The, the, qu- to
0: your the, tweets. the quote tweets. Oh, <laughs> Well, where, where, the the
1: where the action happens. Yeah.
0: And so initially it wasn't too bad, you know, two or three quote tweets, you know, who is this guy? What is he doing? And then I think actually it started being quote tweeted by people who are actually in the Philippines and who are, who for whom that is an issue that genuinely affects them. Oh, really? And so the quote tweets, like I was watching it like two days later and it was like literally like climbing and the quote tweets were climbing in the hundreds as i
1: as i was Whoa, watching it. Oh. How did i miss it? Okay, um, wait, so what kind of stuff were people saying? What were the Philip what were people from the Philippines saying? What were not people but not from the Philippines saying? Um see okay, so this
0: is the this is the tricky thing because like there were there were a lot of people from the Philippines who were also saying that yeah, this is fine cuz globalization they were saying uh, t- it, it it was just like basically there's there's like a a pro outsourcing camp yeah. and there's an anti outsourcing camp. Yeah. And the anti outsourcing camp yeah broadly tends to include more of the people who are in the position of actually being paid five dollars an hour or a minimum wage or or whatever anti outsourcing camp. yeah like that paying so outsource outsourcing work to other countries and paying them less than you would to someone in the u k or the u s is yeah. bad wait so
1: no are you are you saying that the people who do outsource work are more likely to think it's bad is that what you're saying I'm saying that uh potentially that's where it, it like i was i was
0: unsure as to what was going on because for example there were some people who do outsourced work who are pro outsourcing. Yeah. There was a guy in the reply saying, you know, I, I work. I'm, I'm from India. I work in a call center. I get paid five dollars fifty an hour. Yeah. My U.S. counterparts get paid forty five dollars an hour. Yeah. But I freaking love it because it means I, like that's a really good wage for me. I can afford my tuition fees. I can get really nice meals. I'm living the great life. Yeah. And I work for this cool American company, and life is great. Yeah. Like that is sort of the pro outsourcing, pro globalization view from someone on the ground doing the thing.
1: Okay. So what are the arguments against
0: it? The arguments against it is like so that's what i was hoping to get from the tweet <laughs> what i got from the tweet were comments like oh my god just say that you support exploitation and leave like oh my god i can't believe this guy's a doctor the sorts of people that let into medical school these days oh this is what's wrong with the world oh cambridge educated doctor oh my god this tweet makes me so angry i can't even sleep this is how bad that is like it was that level of wow sort of that level of like vitriol on in in the quote tweets um wow, mate. there was a bit more debate in the replies but yeah it's really the quote tweets where you, where, where, where where the cancellations happen Um, What are the arguments? The arguments were broadly, uh, this is, okay, so one argument is equal work for equal pay. You know, if I'm doing a job in Pakistan, why should I be paid a a fifth of what my U.S. counterparts make? Another argument which was related to that was the um, sort of unfairness kind of argument. Yeah. Where uh, also, um, so so I I think there's two things. I think there's unfairness which which relate which relates to this, well, it's surely not fair that someone is being paid less for doing the same work just because they're in a different yeah. part of the world. And then there is also a coercion argument, which is that um, people who are like the, the free market bros would say that, well, it's a choice to work this job. Yeah. But actually the people who are in the sweatshop or who are being paid $5 an hour in the call center or in the developer like wherever they're working. Yeah. It's not really a choice because they have no real other options and therefore they are forced by necessity to take this low paying job, which devalues their labor. Right. um, And therefore that is bad. Mm. Those were the two main things. Um, There was a lot of stuff around. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, like exploitation, I guess, kind of is more about that that fairness argument that mm. it's ex- exploitation, therefore unfair, therefore bad. Right. And I, so I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't get much in the way of like a nuanced debate here. Um, so I, I've actually started reading three books about this. One of them is called what money can't buy the moral limits of markets, yeah. which I've nearly finished, finished an audible, which is really interesting. We'll talk, we'll definitely talk about that in an episode. That's about like, you know, in theory, this idea of capitalism and like let the, let the market decide should theoretically work. And economists are a big fan of that kind of thing. But actually, there are some domains in life in which the uh, the market taints the the thing. Mm. Um, so that's interesting. There's another good g- book called uh, you know Glo- Globalization: A Very Short Introduction, which, okay. I, which I've started yeah. listening, listening to on Audible, and I've started reading because this isn't is, an, is an available on Audible. Another one called The Globalization Paradox: yeah. Why Nation States, Democracy, and free borders or something can't coexist Mm. or or to that because i'm 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 so interested in this it's like this is this is a topic that is you know as as an entrepreneur the whole and you know and and as someone who's been tim ferris pilled the whole outsource work to places like india pakistan the philippines bangladesh where you can take advantage of geo-arbitrage almost seems like a no-brainer like why wouldn't you do it yep but then there seem to be very strong arguments on the on the side of like actually this thing is bad
1: by strong arguments,
0: you mean strong voices. So you know, sorry, a strong voice argument. Uh, I'm I'm sure there are compelling arguments as well. Like, yeah, like in all these things, like the real answer is like a gray area. Yeah, yeah. And and there's no like, globalization good, globalization bad. Yeah. And that's what they say in in a very short introduction as well. That, the issue of globalization has become such a heated like, you know, in the in the last sort of two decades or so, especially in the last decade with the whole rise of the internet and remote work and all that kind of stuff, where, you know, there are some people who are like you pro- probably the capitalist right wing bros that are like obviously free markets good globalization good it's all good and then there are people who are like globalization is just like blanket bad it's, it's ex- yeah, ex- yeah, yeah. exploitation and yeah. the real answer is somewhere in between yeah, yeah yeah um you know the people who cry exploitation who say that well it's it's unfair that this person in the philippines or in pakistan gets five dollars an hour well you know if if it was not economically viable for that company to get put to bring jobs into that country for five dollars an hour they wouldn't do it so, would you rather a five dollar an hour job or no job at all? Yeah. And think people like the Indian government, the Filipino government are very, very keen. Apparently, from what I've been reading on Twitter, for more companies to outsource labor to these countries, yeah, because it brings trillions of dollars into the economy, yeah, and that is a quote good thing, yeah. But then, if you look at it from the perspective of the individuals who are being paid a fifth of the U.S. counterpart, it just seems like really freaking unfair, yeah. And th- it, it it kind of like like all of this kind of stuff got me thinking. Like, I really want to be able to understand for for any moral issue yeah. or for any issue where people have like a, this is morally good. This is morally bad. This makes you a bad person. This makes you a good person. Yeah. Like what are the fundamental units of argument that they're using? Yeah. Whether, or, whether or not they're able to articulate them yeah, yeah, yeah. through the, yeah. What, what, yeah. what's the water
1: word? that, uh, yeah, what's the moral water that they're in? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, what are, what are like the axioms of their moral system?
0: Yeah. And I think sort of the, the Jonathan Hyde stuff in, in the righteous mind gives one clue as to what these, hmm you know, these different like six moral taste receptors yeah, are. Yeah. Um, similarly, uh, I can't remember the, like, the, the guy's name who wrote it, but what money can't buy talks about how often, you know, if you, if you think of an example of, should it be like, uh, is it okay if a, you know, there was a, a situation in America where there was this mom who was having a child who was quite poor, needed money to help raise the child. Mm. She auctioned off the space on her forehead to put a tattoo for any brand to advertise on right for like ten thousand dollars yeah where if you're a free market bro you're like all right we go for it it's it's your property you can do yeah, what you individual want individual autonomy individual autonomy know. it's good obviously you know it's good for the child because you then have an extra ten thousand dollars to raise the child all these good things but there's something about that like that just feels like Ugh, yeah like, and that that is when you invoke the kind of moral idea of degradation and sanctity yeah where people are like you know is there nothing that is sacred anymore? Is yeah. there nothing that is free from the degradation of the market? Yeah, yeah. And that is a very like moralistic judgment. Yeah. And it requires you to then make, like opine about what is the good life yeah, yeah, yeah. beyond individual autonomy and liberty. Yeah, what matters. Yeah. And it's, I, I think it's very hard with like a lot of people would feel weird about that, but not necessarily know like, oh, why, why do I feel weird about that? Yeah. And so an appeal to degradation and sanctity is one of the moral taste receptors yeah. that Jonathan Hyde talks about. Yeah. And so coming back to our pill discussion, it's like when you, w- once I read that and started seeing those moral taste receptors in different things, Yeah. I just started, I started, it, it, it helped me explain people's behavior a little bit more. Yeah. Of like, oh, okay, if you're a lefty, then the, the two moral taste receptors you really care about are fairness and harm and... Uh, equality or something right, like yeah. that i can't quite remember exactly what the, what the thing is um and 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 so okay that's why people who mm-hmm. index very very highly on those two moral things think think is an absolute no-brainer like how could you possibly do this insert thing here? Yeah. whereas people who are right-wing who are indexed less on those two moral taste receptors yeah, yeah, a, yeah. Bit, a bit more on the other four yeah. would have a bit of a moment of, of a nuanced view about it but if all you care about are the, those two moral taste receptors, yeah. you would feel that anyone who has voted for the opposite yes, party yeah, is just a yeah, complete yeah. asshole, and how could they possibly do that? Bad thing, bad thing, bad thing. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. interesting. It's all super interesting stuff that I. Yeah. I, I just love the, the 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 especially when it when it comes to this kind of moral stuff, the questions that it poses, that mm. and really, yeah, you know the the extreme examples of would you do X Y Z? Yeah. And why would you do X Y Z? Yeah. And yeah why yeah. does it feel distasteful to do X Y Z, even though you know that? Uh, maybe that's the right answer, but it just feels wrong. Yeah. Um, I think Peter Singer has some stuff where he he he, he talks about this mm. as I'm told by Lucia. So I want to Yeah,
1: check out some of that as well mm. I think I think there does seem to be this innate this innate desire for like justice this concept of justice is just like really just embedded into like the core of of, of every human being justice meaning Just the, the concept of justice the concept of like what fairness? Yeah, fairness, like, justice, whatever. Just get what that you general, deserve, that, that, of. that general concept of sure. like we can identify when there is an injustice like it's just like this yeah. deep fundamental sense intuition, whatever you want to call it, of like justice. And like you see it in um I can't remember where I was reading this recently um but even in like little kids right like it's not something that's socialized you know it's not something that's socialized in you know, um, a lot of people say it's actually not something that's that's socialized into you to care about justice it is just this innate thing of like human beings can identify things that they would consider unjust and would want to act in a just way for the most part um it's not it's not a cultural thing it's it's like you know just this really Fundamental human thing, yeah. I think a lot of people on the left really lean, lean into that, and like, I think anyone who looks at that situation would feel that kind of weird pang of like, ooh, it seems unjust, you know. um hey, Which situation? Oh, oh, like the outsourcing thing of like, oh, oh, it's you know, you everyone can recognize that something feels unjust about that, and then I think the question is like. Okay, how much do you care about your intuitions about this thing? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Basically, like how much do, how much do you care about your your intuitions around this thing and, and like hanging hanging those up? Yeah, I mean the the thing that Jonathan and I hide argues through throughout the book is that moral intuitions come
0: first and rationalizations come second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so the whole point. Yeah. If you're on the left, you feel a very strong intuition that paying someone less than you'd pay someone in the like paying someone in Pakistan five dollars is bad yeah. compared to someone in the US. Yeah. And then you'd sort of once you know that you're bringing to force all the all the arguments you can muster to figure that out yeah, yeah but that's... then it's like if you if you broadly support capitalism and globalization and borders going down and free movement of like labor and goods and stuff across borders and all of these other things which most people well a lot of people would be like yeah broadly i agree with that if you support the idea that individual autonomy is a thing and that people can not be coerced into doing things and people can decide what they want to do and if, if someone chooses to work for a low lower wage mm. then what who are you to say don't do that yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it starts to become interesting
1: yeah yeah. Like the two... a, yeah it's definitely pretty complex yeah yeah so what are the consequences of you getting i mean presumably you're not cancelled but uh how, yeah how did it feel going through that oh i felt really bad yeah um because it was. Well, when did it happen? Were well, you skiing, or was it like earlier this week? It was earlier this week. It was a
0: few days ago. To my mind, I was asking a genuine question in good faith. Yeah. And the responses to it were the mob. The mob was kind of taking the most uncharitable interpretation of the question. Yeah. And saying, "Oh, obviously he's asking this as a rhetorical question rather right? yeah. than as a genuine question." Yeah. And oh, I can't, I can't believe you'd even have the audacity to ask that. Yeah. And where I was like, if for 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 a day or two, I was thinking. You know, screw this. I don't care what people think. Like, I want to oh, be yeah. a, I want to be a Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to be a, a pa- be a paragon. Yeah, a, par- <laughs> par- a paragon for free speech and and stuff. Right, yeah. And why can't we actually just have have yeah have like nuanced debate about this kind of stuff? Okay. But I think what I realized after after seeing the the quote tweets come in, is that like I j- I I just actually did not realize how incendiary the issue would be. Right. And I think for issues that are incendiary, there is a way to ask the question. Yeah in a way that for sure, actually for sure. take that. Uh, I, I think, I think the way I asked that question was just too straight down the line. Yeah. Too blasé. Too blasé, too like ignorant to whatever, yep. to this and and that, which took away the focus from it being a debate yep. and made it more into an issue of like, Oh my God, I can't believe this Basically, this person's yeah. basically saying he wants to exploit the poor. Yeah. Yeah. Which was absolutely, absolutely not the intention for the record. Yeah. Uh, But then I was like, okay, cool. Lesson learned. A, this is an incendiary in issue, which is, I just didn't know. Therefore, do I keep this tweet up and put replies to the tweet, kind yeah, of justifying yeah, myself, be like, yeah. by the way, for the record, I do believe in location independent pay. Yeah. Hey, we have freelancers in Romania and Poland where purchase price parity is like a half of what is in the UK, but we still pay them UK wages, blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Where no one's gonna see that and the it's gonna keep it's gonna keep on gathering momentum. Yeah. Or do I just sort of take the L and delete the tweets and be like, cool. Let me read these three books and explore more about this topic. And then I will
1: tweet about it or discuss it in a podcast once I'm a bit more informed as to what's going on. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of these kind of situations of like incendiary issues, just like kind of, you know, disagreements that affect, yeah, on issues that close people's hearts. I think, you know, what people are really looking for is just that the people on the other side are giving the issue like appropriate reverence of just like, you know, just like even like a tiny acknowledgement of like, look, I get it. You know, I get it. Now let's talk basically. Yeah. It's like, just like giving it the reverence that, that, that like the, the people on the other side feel it deserves. I think that that is kind of like just a massive hack to having more productive conversations, more productive disagreements Mm. of just like, in, in, in one of our sessions with a, with a business coach that me and Angus had last year, he, he,
0: he pointed something out around, around the way that i that 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 i communicate with angus so for people who don't know angus is um my kind of right hand man on the team mm. basically runs a business while i do the content stuff and he was like you know this is one of the things that Stephen covey talks about in seven habits of highly effective people is that be efficient with things but be effective with people mm. and often being effective with people requires you to be less efficient yeah
1: yeah yeah and sure. he
0: was like i and and so and and so our coach sean was saying look ali I know exactly where you're coming from being a business owner myself. I know that you want to get to the bottom of this. Angus says something you're immediately taking into account. You're, you're making a judgment on it. You're incorporating into your worldview and you're spewing out the result. And that's, and that is efficient, Yep. but it's not effective because Angus doesn't feel hurt. Yep. He mm-hmm. feels as if you're dismissing this point. Yeah. And even though you and I both know that you're making the appropriate judgments in your head and you, you have all these reasons, yep. Angus doesn't feel that. Yep. And the question is, do you want to be right or do you want to be effective? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you do sometimes need to be slower. And yep. yes, in a dream world, we wouldn't need to do these caveats. We wouldn't need to... In a dream world, when I make a video about how much money I earn, I wouldn't need to spend half an hour of virtue signaling about how yeah. actually people have had a hard time in the pandemic and stuff. But, you know... And in a dream world, you wouldn't need to show the appropriate reverence to the yeah. other side because people yeah. would interpret everything charitably and recognize that, okay, when a genuine question is being yeah. asked. Yeah. In the real world, there is often that sort of... What's the word, word for it? Like, like uh, labor you you have to put in yeah. to get to baseline. Yeah. When discussing yeah, anything, vaguely billion Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then at that point, you can hopefully have a have a nuanced debate about it. Yeah. And I think this is why you know Molly May's situation blew up because mm. she didn't put the labor in yeah. appropriately enough, or the tone in which she said, "Oh, by the way, uh, I do acknowledge that obviously some people are some some people are born into poverty and they don't have the advantages." Yeah. By the way, she said it did not have the appropriate reverence that people yeah, wanted yeah. and therefore it's yeah in, in a way it doesn't matter what she said mm. um what matters is that she didn't give
1: appropriate yeah 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 yeah. that's how you douse the flames mm. of uh, incendiary debate yes
0: at the same time people do you know I, I i can also see the point of view that says oh you know Whole like freedom of speech, all that, all that kind of stuff. Like, why, why should I have to dot dot dot? Like, mm-hmm. why can't people just dot dot dot, etc. But I think I'm more on the side of yeah, cool, I get it. I'll take the L. I'll uh, delete that tweet. And yeah, if I tweet something like that in future, now that I know it's an
1: incendiary issue, actually give it the appropriate reverence. Yeah, that's warranted. Well, I think I think your next move has to be an Apple Notes apology. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I was I, I was thinking about that. Yeah. yeah i've been apple apple pilled (laughs) (laughs) um okay oh i was gonna say something related to this oh yeah so uh, nick huber sweaty startup uh he so you said he doubled down yeah i saw his tweet doubling down this yeah i I vaguely saw the discourse around his um his thing of it um and i saw him doubling down and i was like yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Paula. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people would just find him so aesthetically distasteful. Just just every like his whole shtick, I think, is is like just... People find it aesthetically bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I think people like rail on him. Okay, so for context, if you haven't listened to, I don't know, whatever episode we talked about, Sweaty Startup. He is a chap somewhere in the US. Like, you know, around part of the US, I don't know exactly where. What he does is... His business is that he acquires self-storage units. So like this might be just like a warehouse somewhere. And then he sort of, it makes them a bit more efficient and then like sells them on. And so he owns a bunch of self-storage units and then people like rent out self-storage space and they go and put their stuff in there and take it out or whatever. And they pay him like rent on these self-storage spaces. And his his business is like, I think it's essentially his insight is like, look, the the old guard of self-storage is not tech savvy basically they don't run these businesses efficiently i can you know i can i can put some of my own money in and get money from friends and family who want a return on their money together we can maybe pull like let's say a million dollars in buy a self-storage unit off of someone else make it more efficient and operate that and then it'll be worth, you know, let's say $1.5 million a couple of years from now. And then you can sell that on to the next guy. And you've made like a 50% return on your money in a couple of years, which is pretty good. So his his business is broadly that. And he's 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 now, as of like uh, one to two years ago, he's like very outspoken on Twitter about it. He, he tweets threads about like his business. And I think people find him just like really aesthetically tasteful, distasteful for a couple of reasons. I think the first is that he like really openly talks about money and Making money and caring about making money Um And like the money he's making And I think I think you know that's Not that's against a lot of people's tastes I think the other thing Is that he's often labeled as a Grifter like a, a grift Is like a A a a, scam artist almost Yeah Not a scam But like like uh, Not not a con Not a scam But again Just a distasteful way Of like making money Mm. Would be like a grift I I guess it can sometimes Be a scam And you know He for example Like has An ebook about like Self storage businesses Which you can buy And he runs an online course About self storage About like You know Some business type stuff And he like Obviously on his Twitter He like shows these things Of like Hey Starting my next Co of my course Or like ebook whatever um and he's just like really unapologetic about it and i i think those two things the combination of like talking really openly about money caring about making money wanting to make money how you make money i think also just like the domain in which he makes money <laughs> like for for to, to to an outsider it just seems so like asinine <laughs> just like so you know like i I think yeah. if, if you look at someone who who buys self storage businesses as 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 a way to make money? It, it, you'd be hard pressed to come up with a reason why they care about this as a personal mission or any kind of like social whatever out of it, right? Like mm. if someone's like, oh, you know, do the startup, like you know, making the world a better place. Like, yeah, you might not believe them, but you know, it's it's like it's like fine. Okay, this person's this person's like kind of deluded. Like whatever, he's doing a startup. He thinks to make the world a better place um etc like fair play to him whatever this guy is like literally i've like i found some alpha which is self already yeah i f- i've f- found a gap in the market <laughs> completely arbitrary i don't i don't care about self like i don't inherently care about self storage i care about making money <laughs> i found this weird way to make money and i'm going to do that i'm going to tell people about it i'm going to teach people how to do that like there's so, so much about him as distasteful but I just love it for that reason he's just like so I mean, yeah, unapologetic he's got, he's got a quarter million followers for that reason yeah yeah he's making tons like, of money he's yeah. like you know um, yeah he's, he's just like loving it <laughs> I
0: think I, I yeah I, I think I think the same people who would find him distasteful would probably find Gary V distasteful
1: yeah yeah yeah. And I th- I think, yeah, I think it was a sweaty startup, you know, he's, he's also like pro working hard pro like, look, it's going to be a bit of a grind. Like I'm, ch- I'm chilling now, but it was, it was like a fucking grind for like a couple, a couple of years at the start, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, but yeah, that, that kind of stuff. I think that's also probably like a part of the reason why he was, he was like dunked on and like, okay, here's the oh,
0: thing. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, I think, I think the reason he was like, I don't think sort of the thousands of people dunking on him were familiar with him uh okay it was it, it mostly seemed to be like people who had stumbled across that tweet on the timeline because someone else oh i see on him. Yeah. yeah yeah and in isolation not not knowing his background of tomato farms or sweaty oh, stuff
1: he, he did something about tomato farms right? he, did, the-
0: he did like a, uh He 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 did a troll tweet
1: Oh I remember What was this I can't can't remember the details We talked talked about about it
0: On the podcast I can't remember the details of it It was like Here's how anyone can make money In (laughs) car. Buy a tomato (laughs) (laughs) Plant that tomato You'll get four tomatoes Those four tomatoes Become four billion tomatoes Then you're gonna be billionaires Here's how anyone can become a billionaire (laughs) And people took it seriously I was like, "This guy's maths is wrong. What's yeah, wrong with yeah, him?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Doctor he... Parik Patel commented as well. B A C F A A C C A And loads of people
1: commented on Parikh Patel, being like, "This guy's a chartered accountant. Why doesn't he know the numbers?" <laughs> this is so funny. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think one one way that you can tell what people think. I, I think if um if if someone that wasn't sweaty startup tweeted that, yeah, people have would have like assumed it was a joke. Or like cared much less. On the tomato thing, yeah, the tomato yeah. thing. <laughs> but I, I, actually, here, here's an interesting. Here's anything interesting. I find. I think maybe I mentioned it on on the pod before. But the people who you you can you can tell just how rational someone is y by their response when someone that they find aesthetically distasteful does something borderline. Okay, so like. The people, you know, there's a lot of people on the internet, I think particularly like the tech community, you know, like see themselves as like very rational and stuff. And like, you know, they're all about like pro-civil debates and like not getting emotional about things, no ad hominem attacks, yada, yada. I think I mentioned before, like there was an, like, I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, I like, I like, I like these folks I like that way, you know, I aspire to that. And then there was some like, there was some like really immature spat last year. Another like tech versus media spat, and like a bunch of these like tech people who like you know rational civil discourse civil discourse bros were just like being really you know just like ad hominem attacks, just being like quite unreasonable, uncharitable because like the enemy, these people they don't like you know we were, were like on the other side of it, and I think certainly in myself, if I find someone like distasteful or if I don't like someone's vibe if they do like a, a sort of borderline thing, like kind of normal could be bad, you know, like, Oh, you know, like feel it like, Oh, this yeah. this guy, you know? Um, whereas if I don't, if I don't like find someone distasteful and they do, do, do this borderline thing, it's like, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it was
0: it was exactly the same thing in the Molly May situation where the stuff that she said. Oh yeah, like the stuff she said was not was not novel. Like b- the the Hustle Bros have been espousing that yeah, for years. Yeah, and yeah. Like she's saying everyone's got the same to the same twenty four hours. It's it's a fact. Yeah, but there's something about her success where she says, I've worked really hard for it, where it's like, Mm. well, your bro, your version of working hard is going on love Island and being, yeah, you got a reality show. Yeah. Like just like all of those things add up to a strong feeling of distaste. And then when that is added to someone saying, Hey, I worked hard to get where I am. You can do to do it too. That then shifts the equation. Yeah. Whereas Jordan Peterson said the same thing, like fine. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No one cares. All right. So you're not canceled. I don't know. We'll
1: find out next week. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, no, I'm I'm educating myself about the topic. Nice. I've I've realised that it's not the job of uh, people on Twitter to have Im- to put the emotional labour into educating me, mm. uh, and so I'll be educating myself and doing doing tweets and maybe discussing on the pod at some point. That sounds good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I like like
0: well, one of the things I enjoyed about that is it's it sort of feels like being back at school. I'll be back at uni. But, like, researching the question of something that I'm genuinely interested in.
1: Oh, I thought you meant about, like, the, the random conflict they war. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, I don't think I got cancelled in school
0: very much. Because it's like, I, like, I remember... I, d- I didn't really have that feeling very much when doing medicine itself, but when I did psychology in my third year, mm. specifically on the topic of intelligence, yeah, one of the essay questions was were, were like, you know, do men and women have the same intelligence? Yeah, or is there a difference in it- intelligence between races? Or is intelligence like a genetic thing or environmental thing? Yeah, it's like that's actually a really interesting question. I'm yeah. genuinely interested. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, cool. Let's do all the reading. Let's yeah. go yeah, down yeah, the yeah, rabbit yeah.
1: holes. And it's just, it's, sick. Dude, it's, it's such a different feeling when you're like forcing yourself to read about something. Yeah, I think like. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about doing this. I've decided I, I decided not to tweet it just because I didn't want to, like, uh, get canceled. <laughs> not get canceled, but I, I don't know if there's a way to tweet it uh, in with, with the correct etiquette. But essentially, I think, like, it's it's a very different feeling when you, you genuinely, like, really want to know more about it It's almost like a feeling of, like, thirst for more knowledge mm. about this topic. And I think, like, at any one point, I think, like, these days, there's maybe, like, two or three topics where, like, I genuinely hunger for like greater knowledge about this thing. And it's it's like such a different feeling than like, you know, trying to read books because people say you should read more books and like, oh yeah, people say that's a good book. Oh yeah, I'm trying to read like freaking why we sleep, I'm trying to read Principles yeah. of Rory Dalio, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like there's so much discourse about like reading books. And like reading books has almost become like the end in itself whereas the end is you know acquiring useful knowledge or whatever you think the end might be um from from mm-hmm. non-fiction and like the, the, hack to, the hack to reading more books is finding something you care about you know if you find that thing where you genuinely you're thirsty for that knowledge like You're going to read a ton of books about it, man. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I, I can't remember the last time I cared about the word globalization. Yeah. It's like the last time I genuinely, I I think it was from GCC geography. Right, right. Or year nine geography where it's like something about globalization, didn't really know what it was. Yeah. But then, you know, I was like this genuine question of like, why? Why do some people think it's morally good yeah. or bad to pay someone five dollars an hour? That's, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. A lot of this is about globalization. Cool. Let's read three books about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now I'm reading a freaking book about globalization. Like, what the hell? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that maybe I think you can do your next newsletter on that or something about like, hey, if you want to read more books, like find something you're actually interested in. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The, Stop this trying is, to read more books. <laughs> this is like my standard
0: shtick. It's, it's been for a while. I, th- I think this was my stick before Naval tweeted it. What is that? Like, oh, or it, or it might have been after. Like, you know, who knows these days. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the,
1: so, we'll have the time sounds on Twitter for sure.
0: Uh, something like, um, you know, read books you enjoy reading, and and then once you enjoy reading, then read books that you think you're supposed to read. Mm. Um, you know, if if you don't read very much, start by reading Harry Potter, Twilight, start by reading Paranormal Romance and then once you get into reading itself at that point you can be like okay let me stretch myself let me right. whatever yeah um but it's very hard to go from zero to sapiens if you don't tend to read books yeah i mean
1: look there is a mechanical aspect of like reading words on a page having an attention span and doing that activity mm. i think yeah i think the thing i'm speaking to is slightly different um, but yeah all right cool i think we better wrap things up you're hosting a dinner party here tonight.
0: Yeah, it was you meant to, have, it was meant to be for about four people. <laughs> I ended up inviting about 15 and they all said yes. <laughs> actually, I ended up inviting about 17 and two of them said no. So, Wow. Um,
1: this is 15 people coming. Yeah.
0: It's going to be interesting. Making a big uh, corn spaghetti bolognese, pasta bolognese. Got a Le Creuset Harry Potter limited edition <laughs> pan this morning because I was like, cool, I need, I need the gear. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is... Actually, the, the reason I'm hosting this dinner party is because I, I now have an accountability coach. Oh, Yeah. He's this dude who I pay $300 a month for who checks in with me every week on a 20 minute zoom call and says, what are you working on this week? What are your top three goals? Yeah. Let's put it in the calendar. And he checks in on, it. he sends me a text every few days being like, how's the dinner party going? How's the book writing going?
1: <laughs> this guy's got a great business. He, it's, he probably, um, he probably doesn't exist. It's all, it's all like auto, <laughs> auto messages. It's, 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 it's
0: an actual guy. His name James. <laughs> yeah. <name's>,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's like <sighs>
0: each, it's a company called, uh, commit action. I'll put a little affiliate link down below. Um, where they've they've got like a bunch of coaches and i think each it's sort of like online personal trainers each coach manages maybe like 50 clients yeah yeah yeah. uh and they probably have this big crm where they send an automated text message yeah how's variable goal (laughs) um that's that's great is it working how long have you had it oh just like a week or two uh no one week but this week's the three things were number one write first draft of chapter five of my book which i've done half of already so i've got another few days for it number two workout three times Done it once. need to do it tomorrow and on Monday. And then that'll be tech tick- ticked. Mm. And number three, I was like, I want to get better at cooking. Mm. But I've been saying I want to get better at cooking for yeah. the last three years. And what I realized recently is that, you know, like, uh, no one learns to code by learning to code. They learn to code by having a project. Yeah. And learning to code is a side effect. Yeah. And I realized I need a project. And that project is, okay, let me host dinner parties yeah. on the reg. 15 people. Where I, mean, I have to cook. a lot of food. Man. I guess spag ball is the kind of, the spag kind of thing. Spag ball is you the can, kind of in, like thing you can cook can in scale, yeah. Um. So... So he said, yeah, so he said to me, "All right, what's your third goal for the week?" I was like, "You know what? Let's host a dinner party." He was like, "All right, when's it gonna happen?" like saturday night he was like cool let's put it in the calendar yeah all right there we go (laughs) now and now we've got 15 people coming over for a dinner party and it's just like if i if i hadn't spent 10 minutes on a zoom call with this guy where he was just asking what do you want to do for the week yeah this this wouldn't have happened (laughs) i would have kept putting it off but oh when life gets a bit less crazy yeah it's
1: not that you want to hang out with your friends it's that you're a (laughs) kind coach (laughs) yeah i want to learn to cook and let's hang out with friends as a side effect (laughs) yeah no i I back it i do so here we are anyway need to do some prep awesome Oh, yeah, I was just gonna say I had a little dinner party last uh, a couple of nights ago with some lads There were four of us lads tfti. Um, yeah, it was the first time I'd had like a male bonding session in a little while um, Yeah, I do like I do like sort of male bonding uh, we were all also sort of uh, from minority groups. It was me Pakistani one of the other chaps I think he's either new Pakistani, I'm not sure there's Chechenian, Nigerian and um, Well, we're, we're all like tech tech bros to some degree or another. So it's some classic chat about it, like crypto a few other things like that um classic chat about like um you know one one of them is like yeah basically like ma- made a ton of money for, off crypto just in the past couple of years and now like is uh facing the void of like oh what do i want to do with my life i don't need to make money <laughs> like what <laughs> you know that kind of thing and then we're also just like reflecting on sort of yeah i guess things that are common to Sort of immigrants in the uk or sort of minority in the uk yeah I, th- I think oh yeah yeah i think one of the one of the interesting things was that we all like live with our parents slash family to some degree dis- despite being like sort of late 20s you know have a job and stuff like that and one one of the guys was commenting afterwards like the next day that like oh, i was like it was like really nice that we all we all like live with our families and stuff because i think i think sort of you know for i'm just gonna for, for white people generally you know, it's, it's kind of seen as like, uh, it's kind of like bad or like lame or something of like, oh man, you're like 20, you're like 28 and you're still living with your mum, bro. What's up? Kind of vibes. Whereas I think in a lot of, uh, a lot of other cultures, that's kind of like the norm, um, you know, like sort of more family centric cultures, I'd say, or like community centric cultures. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I think he was just kind of commenting that like, yeah, it's so nice to like say that and not feel any, not feel weird about being like yeah i'm like 29 i'm living i'm living with my parents <laughs> you know and like everyone everyone else like gets it and actually is in the same boat know, that's an interesting observation nice Good insight anyway we better wrap things up you better start cooking. yeah um thank you all for listening and we will see you next week see you later Bye bye